Dirt Radio, organic friends of the earth, activism, underground, political action, necessary, wind farms, indigenous struggles, land rights, anti-nuclear, nanotechnology, climate change, coal barons, mining magnates, activists, educating, communities, transforming, communities, mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. Friends of the Earth show on 3CR 855 AM. My name is M Gafer and I'll be your host for today. Before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording this show from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded and here at Dirt Radio, we stand in solidarity with the global civil rights movement for black lives and the fight here against black deaths in custody. Now this week I was hoping to return to the 3CR studios to record this show, but alas, we've had a change of plans in light of the current spike of COVID-19 cases in Nam, Melbourne. And of course, we have returned to stage three lockdown. So I hope everyone's keeping safe for the moment. And we'll just keep having to do our remote recording for the time being. So today on the show, I'm going to be chatting with Anthony Amos, Friends of the Earth campaigner, who's a member of SCAT, the Streslecki Koala Action Team. And they've been surveying koala habitat out in the Streslecki Ranges for a number of years. We're going to get an update on that project right after this community service announcement. You can see that this country is covered in the blood of Aboriginal people, the length and breadth of it. Australia is a part of an undeclared war and a secret invasion, and it began 250 years ago this year. Now, we have a country that's built on lies, deceit, fraud, propaganda, and race hatred indoctrination. Now, it's been 250 years of us being oppressed in our own land, brutally. We might be oppressed, but we understand what freedom is, and we fight for it every day, and we've resisted this occupation since day one. And I predict colonialism, capitalism, imperialism is going to get knocked out cold by about mid this year. 3CR, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. On Dirt Radio with M, and today we're getting an update from Anthony Amos on SCAT, the Streslecki Koala Action Team. Since 2013, Friends of the Earth has been mapping koala habitat in the Streslecki Ranges, and this region contains Victoria's only endemic koala population. And Anthony Amos has been heading up the project. How's it going today? Yeah, good. That's good. So, can you give us a bit of background about SCAT? Uh, well, SCAT um, is a little collective at Friends of the Earth in Melbourne. Um, so a, a bit of context, uh, we've been working in the Streslekis, uh, this is Friends of the Earth, in conjunction with a little group down there called Friends of Gippsland Bush since the mid-90s. So we've been monitoring logging and um, uh, by uh, Hancock Victorian plantations. The area was sold off by the Kennett government back in the mid-90s. So we've been actively um, campaigning down there. 
Uh, we got a reserve uh, set up, a small part of a reserve set up in about 2018, the Bratungalung Forest Reserve. And since about 2013, we've been involved in uh, koala monitoring. And um, we worked with a team from uh, the National Parks in New South Wales, believe it or not, in 2013-2014, who came down and started uh, doing some surveys for SCATs, and we learned their methodology of how to do it. And then since that time, we've sort of gone off our, on our own. Um, it's largely just, uh, well, this year it's been myself, and uh, there's another campaigner down in Gippsland called Susie Zent. Um, and so we've uh in about 2015 2016 we did about 200 sites and this year i've just completed 200 sites um which is approximately about four and a half five thousand hectares of um of forest yeah so it's a pretty big area and so as i said before the Victoria's only endemic koala populations located in that area. So why is it important to map those populations? Well, Victoria's, um, it's a strange situation in that we've got two distinct uh, koala populations. We've got the Streslecki population, which con contains the original gene pool of the animal. And um, the original gene pool uh, populations are more uh, resilient to uh, disease and impacts um that will impact their, their, their long-term future because their, their genetics are much stronger than the translocated populations, which have essentially been uh, put into areas around Victoria since the 1940s uh, and also into South Australia. And so the translocated populations go through a lot of boom and busts. Uh, you know, they'll relocate animals to certain areas and then within a few years, those animals, uh, they'll be gone. Um, and so what we decided a couple of years ago is we had to get a grasp on, um, you know, the range of where the genetically sound populations are. And, um, yeah, so since that time, we've been starting off in the Streslekis, but as the information's come in, it's gradually um, uh, moved out more into South Gippsland and also into Central Gippsland as well. Um, so... Um, the uh, uh, University of the Monash University has done some some genetic an analysis and um, found that the scats that uh, from South Gippsland Streslekis are the most diverse. So we've been focusing on on mapping sort of habitat. Um, in terms of the state government, why they're not doing this is that they don't really give us stuff about the koalas. That, uh, the koalas aren't listed as endangered in Victoria, and everyone has presumes that there's a big population. Um, and that's largely a result of these translocated animals um, that have been moved into areas and have, have bred out of control. But the Streslecki population uh, is separate. And, you know, we, look, we could be looking at, you know, tops, maybe 1,500 animals. Um, so, you know, one big fire event could see, um, you know, the, uh, the population are, are devastated. Yeah, definitely. And so it is a pretty long-term project, like you've been doing the mapping since about 2013. So what are some of the changes you've seen over the years with the koala population? Well, at the moment, we're still in, in the first phase of gathering the data. I mean, uh, what we do is we've got, um, we work off, off grids, off, off mapping sheets. So we go to 500 metre uh, intervals on, on mapping sheets. Um, and so we've got something like 20,000 sites potentially that, that 
could be surveyed. So we've only really just started to scratch the surface. Um, but in time, we'll, we'll get a, um, an information base. And what that will allow is that for future surveys to go back to the areas that we've already surveyed and um, they'll be able to do the surveys again at those spots. And if there's, you know, if they were, if the sites were positive back in 2013-14 um, and then um, the team goes in in five years' time and finds that the sites aren't positive, then we'll know that the population that was there isn't there anymore. Um, but already, you know, we've uncovered some pretty inf interesting information that um, has never been um, sort of published before, I suppose. Um, the... Um, the biggest one, I guess, is that the um, a lot of presumptions are made that the animals only uh, eat or prefer managum. Uh, but what we found in our surveys is that um, the the number one feed tree for uh, for koalas uh, in the Streslakis is the mountain grey gum, um, and also the second species uh, preferred tree is the blue gum, and then the third, which was uh, new to science. Um, is the Streslecki gum, which has uh, almost been wiped out um, and is largely now confined onto isolated farms and small areas in, um, in, in Western Gippsland. And so before we did this work, everyone just had this assumption that oh, yeah, koalas and managum, well, you know, that might be right along some of the coastal areas, but if, once you get into the higher forests where, they're not any, uh, where there's not much managum anymore, the, the uh, species... Um, uh, the preferred trees change. And the other thing people should realise is that uh, because you've got a forest, you know, it doesn't mean that, that there'll be koalas in it. Um, uh, the major factor, and, and this has been uncovered in areas such as New South Wales by, um, you know, real experts like Dr Steve Phillips, is that um, the nutrient base of the soils, if it's low, the, uh, the populations of the animals will be much lower in, in the porous uh Poorer quality soil sites. So, although you might have trees that might be, you know, favourite koala uh, you know, trees that they'll eat, if the soils are poor, um, you won't get the koalas there. Yeah, it sounds like you're unearthing some pretty interesting stuff as part of this project. And you mentioned it's mainly just you doing the mapping at the moment. Have you been impacted by COVID nineteen at all in your work? Uh, yeah, it's made it really hard to to get out and about um i mean i can use the excuse that you know it's um the work i'm doing is it's my work so and i work mainly by myself so there's no real impact with me um uh impacting on on anyone else um uh, you know when when the lockdown was eased i certainly went out and did as many sites as i could and um you know I'm, i think i finished on wednesday just before the uh, uh the new lockdown i won't be going out for a, a while anyway because um i've heard they've got uh you know they're, they're really cracking down on people making any trip out out out, out to the country um, the other thing people might be interested in is, is Steve Phillips. He crunched the numbers back in 2013-14 and um, the amount of animals that he determined was 0 0.09 um, animals per hectare, um, which works out to about one koala every 11 hectares of, of really top quality bush. Um, so... And where I've been the last few um, months is that I've been into much of the uh, the, uh, the lower quality bush, uh, and the numbers are much much lower than um, than what was found in 2013, 14. 
which probably isn't surprising because, like I said before, if the nutrients aren't there and the tree types aren't, aren't there, uh, you mightn't get the, um, the numbers. Yeah, definitely. And I guess, you know, even though the world's changing at the moment with COVID-19, a lot of the environmental threats are not stopping. So what are some of the threats to the koala population in that region? Well, the major one's bushfire. So uh, in early 2019, we had a, 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 a fire that ripped through a, l- a little place called uh, Yinar South, which is sort of uh, south of the town of Churchill. That burned out about 1,800 hectares of forest. And with that was about 15 to 20 of our best koala sites. So the impact, the fire was small, but uh, the impact is uh, only being felt now. And I know from anecdotal evidence from Susie, who who nearly got a house burnt down during that fire, the uh, koalas, uh, she's had koalas around her place, you know, for 20, 30 years, and and, um, they're not there at the moment. She fears that the impacts of that fire have, have, have... have, po- have possibly knocked out um, a large portion of, of that population that was there. So fire, and then you've got to look at climate change. So, you know, as, as the forests are becoming more, more flammable, um, you've got uh, impacts of, um, of climate change with a warming climate means more fires. And you've only got to look at, you know, the fires that ravaged Eastern Australia and South Australia um, uh, earlier this year, and I think there was something like, you know, potentially, uh, you know, tens of thousands of animals killed on, um, this is koalas, killed on Kangaroo Island alone. So unless this climate change issue is sorted, um, yeah, the, the animals, um, the koalas are going to be in a very precarious uh, position. Um, the other big factor, we've got a small group on Facebook, which is feeding uh, information into us as well. So I've got a a map called the Strezlecki Koala map, which I um, I update when I get you know when I do my surveys and if I um, and if people send stuff on through on Facebook. So we're getting quite a lot of uh, of, of road kills, particularly around a little town called Menian. There's been about eight or nine road kills in the last um, few months. Um, then you've got uh, dog attacks and. Um, and general uh, habitat loss as well, clearing around people's houses. As people get more paranoid about bushfires, we're finding that there's people uh, clearing around their their houses that are uh, located in the bush, and, and that's re- uh, reducing habitat. So the biggest factor, I guess, is climate change fires and this fragmentation of the habitat in the region um, where the animals uh, have to, you know, uh, move from, you know, um, from one, well, what happens with koalas is that the young males are kicked out um, of um, of their little uh, group, and they've got to try and establish uh, a, 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 a a new population centre. So they've got to move across, you know, large areas of land, and if that's been cleared, or there's cars or dogs or housing estates or whatever, um, the chances that those animals have of, of surviving and then starting a, a, a new community is, um, is, is, is pretty low. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's a struggle for the animals. I mean, they're pretty hardy. They've survived for, for tens of millions of years, but, um, you know, they're really in for a hard time at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot, um, the current circumstances with climate change and everything else that's kicking off. So what's next up for you and the SCAT team? 
Uh, well, I've just uh, finished uh, up this 200 uh, sites that we that we wanted to do. We got a small grant which allowed us to do that, and then um, got a little bit more more cash left. I'll probably do another hundred by the end of the year, uh, and so we'll be going into areas that haven't been surveyed before. Um, I like to do it in the cooler months because the snakes are pretty full on down there at, in in the warmer months. Um, so yeah, we'll be um, busy just um, finishing off uh, this new report. We want to get it analysed by a scientist, and then we'll publish that. And then we want to do a few more, um, about a hundred more sites by the end of of 2020, and then we'll get a much uh, more more accurate sort of position on areas that haven't been surveyed before. Great. And where can listeners go to find out a bit more about the work that you're doing? Uh, the Friends of the Earth Melbourne website. There's a there's a link there there to SCAT. And also, if they want to see uh, yeah the distribution of the animals, they can go to the Streslecki koala map. I haven't got the URL on me, but um, that's got a um, a lot of information about where we've been and the um, and what sort of success we've had in locating animals. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Unreal. Thanks, Em. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is open. Get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. Visit www.foefood.org slash click collect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout. Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. You are back on Dirt Radio on 3CR. This is Em. I'm your host for today. If you're just tuning in now, we've been hearing about Friends of the Earth's SCAT team and their work mapping koala habitat in the Streslecki Ranges. You can find the map that Anthony and the team have been creating at strzkoala.australianmap.net. And if you missed the chat or you want to catch up on it later, you can do that at 3cr.org.au slash dirtradio. And whilst we have in Melbourne gone back into stage three isolation, unfortunately, we won't be having any in-person events for Friends of the Earth for the time being, but there's still plenty happening for you to connect with from home. Just hop onto the Friends of the Earth Melbourne Facebook page to find out which collectives are meeting weekly online. And there's also a few great online panel discussions coming up in the next week. So on the 15th of July, the Sustainable Cities Collective are hosting the Future of Public Transport in Victoria, a free online forum with community leaders, transport specialists and a representative from Sustainable Cities to discuss the future of public transport in Victoria post-COVID-19 and the benefits of Melbourne Metro too. So the pandemic has given us all the opportunity to reimagine how we live. And the Andrews government are continuing to frame the economic recovery via the big build. And the community wants to ensure that these major transport infrastructure projects are ones that will benefit us. 
The panel is featuring Peter Newman-Ao, who's the Professor of Sustainability at Curtin University in Perth, Dr Crystal Legacy, a Senior Lecturer in Urban Planning at the University of Melbourne, Jody Valpierd, a community member and activist from Murrable Environment Group Bacchus Marsh, and Daniel Bowen, a PTUA member and campaigner. So check that one out via Facebook as well and you'll find the link to the Zoom meeting for that. And on the 20th of July, the River Country Collective are hosting Floodplain Restoration or River Experiment, a discussion about the proposed projects in the Murray-Darling Basin and whether they constitute good environmental practice. So that discussion is going to be featuring Dr. Jamie Pittock, who's a professor of environmental policy focused on water in the Fenner School of Environment and Society at the Australian National University, and who's a member of the Wentworth Group of Concerned Scientists. And he'll be in conversation with Doug Nichols, Wadi Wadi traditional custodian, cultural educator, Aboriginal advisor on natural resource management and former cultural heritage officer. So again, hop onto the Facebook page and you can find the Zoom link for that meeting happening on the 20th of July. And of course, just a quick reminder that the Food Co-op is open, located at 3112 Smith Street. The amazing Food Co-op have been open throughout this whole pandemic, looking out for our community and providing them with healthy, affordable food options. So, of course, we have returned to stage three restrictions. So the food co-op are doing takeaway food only plus bulk food shopping. And if you've been in there already, you will know that there is a real dedication and care for community that happens down at the food co-op. There's social distancing and there's sanitizing stations. So go in there and show them some love and you know you're going to have a really safe and comfortable shopping experience down there. And that's just about all we have time for today. So thanks so much for tuning into another episode of Dirt Radio on 3CR. Hope you're looking after yourselves and looking out for each other and everyone in your community. Keep it locked to 3CR for more awesome programming today. And we're going to be taken out today by the song My Spirit is Free by Eleanor Dixon. <laughs>
G'day you mob, Kutcher Edwards here. I just want to send out a message to you all. To stop the spread of COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, it is advised that you keep 1.5 metres away from each other. Follow rules on social gatherings. Wash your hands when appropriate and stay home if you're feeling sick or unwell. But most of all, keep strong Stay safe and, of course, keep listening to 3CR 
Community Radio to keep connected to the community. We'll get through this and hope to see you real soon. Bye. I wouldn't mind um, trying to round up a few boys and that, try and get a bit of dancing going, you know. Grubbery, proper, proper traditional dancing, you know. Um, lap, lap, uh, proper ochre and that, so, you know, just... Um, Kuru, that's uh, very important, brother, right? Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, you got you got to represent, so, you know, the oldest living culture in the world, so, you know, we've you know, got the elders and that coming in here this year to come in and have yarn, and, you know, it's good of them to go out of their way that, at this time of the year, NADOC week, because, you know, I normally get forgotten about in here. But, um, you know, so you've got to make it special for them too, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. Because does it change the feeling in here when elders come in? Um, yeah, it does. It, it lightens your mood, you know. Because, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm obviously this is my country land too, so it's homesick straight away, basically. Right. But um, it's, it's a lot better when, when, when you see um, the uncles and aunties come in and that, it just shows a bit of respect that, you're not forgotten about, and they do have it, you know, do actually care about you, even though you don't get letters and that. So. so, that was a clip from 3CR's 2018 Beyond the Bars broadcast, bringing you the voices of Indigenous inmates every NADOC week. You can find all of the recordings from that series on 3cr.org.au/slash Beyond the Bars. You're listening to 3CR, where at this time we're bringing you slightly different programming than usual. But rest assured, we're still here, bringing you radical, alternative current affairs, music and community language programming. Stay tuned to 3CR.